Every year on March 17th, St. Patrick's Day is celebrated in Ireland and all across the globe. It's the time for shamrocks, costumes, parades, green rivers, and of course, leprechauns. These wee fellows are a big part of this unique holiday and an important part of Irish history and culture. But what makes them so popular? Where did they come from? And why are people still so infatuated with them today? And what do leprechauns have to do with shoes? We're going to talk about everything you need to know about the history of leprechauns and why these tiny guys wield such huge cultural impact. So, Jared, before we get into it, I just have to ask, do you guys uh, have any special St. Patrick's Day traditions? Do you have any, you know, special affinity for leprechauns or shamrocks? What, what, what does it look like for you guys come St. Patrick's Day? <laughs> well, I remember as a little kid back in elementary school, uh, you know, we had a big grassy field as a part of our playground, like a lot of schools do. And I do remember when I was a kid that every St. Patrick's Day, all the kids would line up at the chain link fence at the very back of the field because there's like a little wooded area back there. And I don't know who started the rumor, but there's a kid that started a rumor that they saw a leprechaun running around in that little wooded area behind the chain link fence. So I remember as a kid that we would all kind of just hang around that chain link fence during the whole recess period to see if we can get a glimpse of a leprechaun. Um, but, you know, other than that, as far as how do we celebrate it today, me and my family, I would say probably not much more than what the typical American family would. You know, of course, uh, wear green so we don't get pinched, of course. I would say if we have any traditions at all, it would be the food that we typically eat. My wife, her sister is married to a guy who has a lot of Irish blood. So I guess that would make him my brother-in-law. Yeah. So my brother-in-law is, uh, you know, he has a lot of Irish ancestry. And so they like to eat a dish called pasties. And the easiest way I can explain that, it's kind of like a, like an Irish calzone, I guess you can say, you know, so you get like a, you know, like pie filling or pie dough or whatever, bread dough of some sort. And inside of it, you put like cooked up hamburger and and potatoes, and it's really good. You know, some people will make like a dark brown sauce that they pour over the top of it. So we do that. Sometimes we'll have like the corned beef and cabbage, you know, just kind of the typical stuff that people think of when they think of like Irish food or whatever. But that's about the extent that we celebrate it. How about you, Nick? You and your family, do you guys have any special St. Patrick's Day traditions? Oh, nothing big. You know, maybe a little bit of green food. Um, I admit to nothing, but a lot of times on the morning of St. Patrick's, uh, our kids will wake up to, you know, they've had a little bit of, you know, glitter bombing going on, maybe some little tricks and pranks around the house, some, uh, you know, green water in the toilet, stuff like that. Um, but again, I don't know where that comes from. I admit to nothing. <laughs> you know, I, I, I get to work pretty early every morning, so, uh, but from what I've heard some years, uh, you know, my wife will wake up and she'll make the kids like green eggs and ham, you know, kind of hailing back to that very popular Dr. Seuss book. Um, yeah. So sometimes, yeah, you know, they'll do, she'll put some green dye in the food or whatever, but fun stuff all around. Should we uh should we jump into it? 
Yeah. Yeah, let's jump into it. Sounds good. St. Patrick's Day is observed on March 17th because that is the feast day of St. Patrick, the patron saint of Ireland. It is believed that he died on March 17th in the year 461 AD. It's also a worldwide celebration of Irish culture and history. St. Patrick's Day is a national holiday in Ireland and a provincial holiday in the Canadian province of Newfoundland and Labrador. The leprechaun story has long been a beloved aspect of Irish lore. They are believed to be part of another piece of famous folklore as leprechauns are traditionally thought of as members of the fairy family. Tales of these small creatures first appeared in the 8th century when legends about tiny water dwellers began circulating among the Celts. Their name is thought to come from the word lucorpan, meaning small body. No surprises there, as they are said to be only two to three feet tall. While we think of these creatures as imaginary, belief in them and other closely related fairies was quite widespread throughout Ireland at one time. This is one of the reasons that this icon is now so ingrained into Irish culture, even today. Over the years, the history of leprechauns has become associated with everything green, and often they are now depicted as old men, dressed in some kind of verdant hat and suit, wearing smartly buckled shoes, and oftentimes smoking a pipe. However, this was not always the case. In fact, you may be surprised to know that early on leprechauns were depicted as wearing tri-cornered hats and decked out in red. With a few exceptions, leprechauns were believed to dress in red for many years. In the Legends and Stories of Ireland, written in 1831, Samuel Lover described leprechaun attire. Quote, He wears a red square-cut coat, richly laced with gold, and the inexpressible of the same, cocked hat, shoes, and buckles. Close quote. Sometime in the 20th century, Leprechauns evolved into the green-wearing guys we have come to know and love today. This happened despite the fact that leprechauns were originally associated with red and that the actual color of St. Patrick has always been blue. Many believe that this is due to the general popularity of the color green throughout Ireland. This is, in part, because of its prominence on the Irish flag, as well as the widely used name for Ireland, the Emerald Isle. Whatever the reason, green has become synonymous with leprechauns and St. Patrick's Day alike. Leprechauns are famous for being the cobblers of the fairy world, and some believe their name is also associated with the old term Leith Brogan, meaning shoemaker. While the Irish banshee can be identified by a blood-chilling, mournful wail, Leprechauns can often be heard tapping their tiny cobbler hammer in the distance, driving tiny nails into tiny shoes, which signals that they are near. In his collection of Irish fairy and folktales, W.B. Yeats offered an 18th century poem by William Allingham titled The Leprechaun, or Fairy Shoemaker, which describes the tapping sound. Quote, Lay your ear close to the hill. Do you not catch the tiny clamor? Busy click of an elfin hammer? Voice of the leprechaun singing shrill? 
as he merrily plies his trade. Close quote. It seems that all leprechauns are not only shoemakers, but also old male loners, which makes sense from a cultural standpoint, since that type of fairy is so closely associated with shoemaking, a traditionally male vocation. Legend says that there are no female leprechauns, and their seemingly impossible origins only add to their magical and mysterious qualities. Shoemaking is apparently a highly lucrative business in the fairy world, since each leprechaun is said to have his own pot of gold, thanks to their profession of making fine shoes. Others say leprechauns protect the treasure of the entire fairy world. One tale says leprechauns act like bankers to make sure that frivolous fairies don't spend all of their gems and gold at once. Whatever the case, one key component of the leprechaun story is their famous pot of gold. They are known to hoard their prized pots and traditionally hide this treasure at the end of a rainbow. This means that humans need to catch the leprechaun itself in order to find this fortune, as it is impossible to actually locate the end of a rainbow. Many seek after leprechaun gold, but beware, these teeny men are also known to be tricksters. They are said to deceive humans and serve as a warning against greed. Some even believe that they hide their gold simply in order to lure in the unsuspecting, and when granting their captors three wishes, they often instead lead them astray. Leprechaun mythology says that capturing these small creatures will secure a wee bit of luck in addition to three wishes for the captor. With this in mind, leprechauns have become associated with the luck of the Irish, a popular idea even today. In order to hide from humans, however, leprechauns are known to dwell in tiny underground caves or hollow tree trunks. Though leprechauns can be difficult to find with your eyes, it is said that they can also be found with your ears. In addition to the tapping of their hammers, Leprechauns can also be heard dancing away to traditional Irish music and are even known to play instruments like Celtic harps, tin whistles, and fiddles while doing a little jig. Some believe that leprechauns are such prolific dancers that they wear through shoes extremely quickly, and this is yet another reason why most spend the majority of their free time making shoes. Today, the leprechaun story has evolved and they have gained fame for their portrayals in popular culture from the cheery man on cereal boxes to school and sports mascots to the scarier variety in movies. There's even a WWE wrestler named Hornswoggle who has made a living by taking on a leprechaun persona in his wrestling matches. Many children will put their shoes outside of their bedrooms on St. Patrick's Day Eve for the leprechauns to come and repair. These repairs usually happen in the form of leprechauns leaving money, gold candy coins, and a sprinkle of green dust in the shoes after their visit. Leprechaun roots are inevitably Irish, and many visiting the Emerald Isle can capture a bit of this magic themselves. In a small Irish town called Carlingford, leprechauns are an officially protected species. In 1989, a local pub owner in Carlingford claimed to have found evidence of a real leprechaun on a mountain called Slive Foy. He said that after hearing a scream near the wishing well, 
he found bones, a tiny suit, and gold coins near a patch of scorched earth. The evidence is now displayed behind a glass case for visitors to come and see. After additional leprechaun sightings in the area, a law was passed in 2009 to keep the little creatures safe. According to locals, the last living leprechauns, all 236 of them, live in this region. Contrary evidence to leprechauns surviving only in Carlingford are the sightings that have occurred outside of Carlingford, even in the United States. On March 14, 2006, a crowd gathered in Crichton, a neighborhood of Mobile, Alabama. Local news and law enforcement had received numerous calls about possible leprechaun sightings in a tree. Crichton resident Nina Thomas Brown submitted a sketch of the supposed leprechaun. Among those who were interviewed was a woman who thoughtfully opined that instead of a leprechaun, quote, it could be a crackhead, close quote. Another interviewee, DeMarco Morissette, claimed Irish ancestry and showed off a special leprechaun flute that he claimed was thousands of years old. Some people reasoned the leprechaun could have been a shadow from some of the branches being close together. I guess we'll never really know what was seen that day, but whatever it was, was truly magical. Whether you head to Carlingford on the lookout for the little fellas, or visit Mill Ends Park in Portland, Oregon, which is home to a leprechaun colony, or if you visit the National Leprechaun Museum in Dublin to see how this legend comes to life in Irish culture, there are so many amazing things to do to celebrate these incredible creatures today. And heck, if you don't want to get pinched this year, you can even celebrate by copying one of the many pair of Leprechaun and St. Patrick's Day themed sneakers that are out there. Even this year, Nike is joining in on the fun with verdant green shamrock-laden silhouettes of classic models like the Air Max 90s and Air Force Ones. Other St. Paddy's Day sneakers include exclusive colorways of some classic Saucony silhouettes, Patrick Ewing basketball shoes, uh, Nike Roshi Ones, and Adidas Sambas. If you're looking for something in festive green, but maybe not plastered in shamrocks and other St. Paddy's Day images, you could try some other kicks out like the Oregon Jordan 5s, the Jordan 9 Olives, the Nike SB Dunk Low Heinekens, the Air Max Griffey 1 Emeralds, the Kobe 6 Grinches, the Air Jordan 10 Seattle, or even the undefeated Air Jordan 4 Retro, if you can get your hands on them. The possibilities are endless. So, leprechauns. These pint-sized shoemakers are truly a unique cultural phenomenon that at the very least conjure up feelings of hope, mystery, and a sense that anything is possible. Even if you can't find a leprechaun yourself this year, don't hesitate to get out there and make your own luck. And should you happen to come across a leprechaun, I think there's just one question to ask. We just want to know where the gold at.
Thank you all for tuning into this episode of the Immortal Souls podcast. For more information, show notes, pictures, or just to say hi, check us out at immortalsoulspodcast.com, Instagram, or Twitter. Original theme music by Scott Spriggs. Five-star reviews are always helpful and hugely appreciated. Until next time, keep walking the roads less traveled.